what's up everyone? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Samach Aleph, Daf 61 of Mesechta Psachim. So at the beginning for the first chunk of the page we kind of wrap up our discussion from yesterday regarding a Korban Pesach that was shechted not on the 14th day of Pesach at, it, at, at a different time. So this time Instead of intending for it to be a shlamim, you intend it for be to be for the wrong person. How does that? What kind of nafkaminas are there in terms of the kosher status of the korban? And then we get into a new mishnah which discusses the people you should be shechting the korban, you should be slaughtering the korban pesach for, and what if you have intention for the wrong people? How does that play out? Okay, so we are on Samech Amud Beis in on the first wide line of the daf. Ibailu, so they ask Akasha. Pesach sheshachato b'shayim moisashana b'shinu ibailu mahu. Aha. So you have a korban Pesach. Now, of course, the korban Pesach needs to be offered on the fourteenth day of Nisan. Now this is some other day of the year. I don't know. Let's let's say it's a week earlier, making up a random time. So so, and he shechts the korban pesach. So that's going to be a problem because the korban pesach has to be slaughtered on the fourteenth of Nisan. He's doing it a week before. Then it's a problem. Now we said yesterday that if when he slaughters the korban pesach he has intention that it should be a shlamim, then that would actually be okay because okay, Seder is he's offering a, offering a korban shlamim. Great. Now, what if that was not his intention? But the intention was, well, let's say you have a Kohen and the Kohen is slaughtering the Korban for the person. Now, in general, Shrita does not have to be done by the Kohen. Shrita, Shrita could be done by a Zar, by a non-Kohen. From the time that the blood is received in the vessel and onwards, that has to be done by the Kohen. In general, a non-Kohen can Shekhti Korban, but let's say you have the coin shecht in the Korban Pesach, and it's not the 14th day of Nisan, and he slaughters the Korban Pesach, and it's Ruvain's Korban Pesach, but the coin slaughters it with the intention that it's going to be for Shimon. So that's what we're talking about. So it's a Korban Pesach, not on Erev Pesach, but also with the intention of the wrong person. So, Shinui Bailim Kishinui Kodesh Dam Yumachshir. So, can we say, well, we said that if you would pull the switcheroo on the korban itself, meaning if instead of shechting it to be a Pesach, you shecht it to be a Shlomim, that would be okay. So maybe we would say if you're supposed to be shechting it or the, the you know, you would assume that it would be shechted for Ruvain, who owns the animal, but instead you shecht it for Shimon, maybe that would also be enough to say that it's kosher. Although, or do we not say that? And we say that um, if you shecht the shem shlomim, it'll be okay. But the shem shimin, it's not okay. So Omer Rab Papa, so Rab Papa says, look, I'm used to the shmaita kami the rave. I was, you know, saying over this uh, sugya in front of rave. Hol v'shinu kodesh poslo bizmano. So shinu kodesh, shinu kodesh is changing the korban itself. Meaning, if you have a korban pesach and you shecht it with the intention of a shlomim. So if it's the 14th day of Nisan, so that's going to be a problem. 
you shechted your korban Pesach with the intention of a shlomim, as we learned in the previous Mishnah, it's a problem. Now the same also would apply to Reuven and Shimon. If it's the 14th day of Nisan and you slaughter the Korban Pesach of Reuven with the intention of Shimon, that's also going to be a problem. So says of Papa, so therefore I will make the parallel, I would draw the parallel and say that just like Shinu Kodesh, when you pull a switcheroo vis-a-vis Pesach and Shlomim, which on Erev Pesach, on the 14th of Nisan, will be a problem, but when it's not the 14th day of Pesach, if it's any other day of the year, it makes the Korban kosher. So, where am I? Avshinu Bailim. So therefore, Papa wants to make the argument that the same will be true for Ruvain versus Shimon. Sheposlo Bismano, Machshiro, Nishelo Bismano. Also, Shinui Bailim. When you slaughter Ruvain's Korban Pesach for Shimon, which on the 14th day of Nisan would be a problem, Papa wants to argue that any other day of the year it would be acceptable. Okay, that was Rav Papa's argument to say that just like when you shech the Korban Pesach with the intention of a Korban Shlomim on any other day of the year, we say it's kosher. So also, any other day of the year, if you shech a Korban Pesach of Ruvain for Shimon, it would be kosher as well. Ve'omarli. And Rava, so Rav Papa says that Rava responded to me. Lo'im omard b'shinu kodesh. Now, Rav is going to say you can't compare Shinui Kodesh, i.e. Pesach versus Shlamim, to Shinui Bailim, i.e. Ruven versus Shimon. So, excuse me. Wow, we are. So, Loim Omar Bishinu Kodesh. So, he's now going to list four dis- differences, four distinctions between Pesach slash Shlamim on the one hand versus Ruven slash Shimon on the other. So, Lamamad Bishinu Kodesh, Shekin Psula Begufa. So, when it comes to a Korban Pesach that you slaughter as a Shlamim, so it's a Psul in the Mahus of the Korban itself. It's a Psul in the, it was a Pesach, now it's a Shlamim. It changes the name of the game. Right? In the Korban, the animal itself, right? It's no longer a Pesach, it's a Shlamim. Vyashno Ba'aiba Avodis. And it also applies to every step of the way. Right, as we learned in the Mishnah yesterday, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday, right? That if, you, that whether it's by the Shrita, whether it's by the Kabbalah, whether it's by the Holacha, whether it's by the Zrika, if at any point you did one of those processes with the intention of a Shlomim on the 14th day of Nisan, that is going to be a problem. Vyeshno Lachar Misa. And it also applies to after death, right? So for example, Let's say you have a fellow, He, when he was alive, he set aside a, an animal to be a Corbin, and then he dies, and let's say it was a Shlomim, and then, so now his child is going to offer this animal that was set aside for his deceased father. If that child, when he offers this Shlomim 
does it with the intention of, I don't know, a chatas, I don't know, some other korban. So that's going to be a problem. And he's going to have to bring a different animal as a replacement. So we see that, that shinui uh, kodesh, that changing the actual type of korban applies even after death. And it applies to individual korbanos. It applies to public, communal korbanos. So, I don't know, I guess this means maybe like if the korban tamit shal shachar, let's say the morning communal offering was slaughtered, I don't know, maybe as like a musa or something, um, and an ashram, I don't know. So, so that would be a problem. So we see that there's like four different um places, I don't know, domains in which Shinui Kodesh is going to create a headache. Now, this is as compared to Toma Bishinui Bailim. Are you going to apply the same halachas to Shinui Bailim or the same logic to Shinui Bailim of Ruven versus Shimon? That it isn't. This psul is related to the person bringing the korban. Ruven versus Shimon. It's not related to the korban itself, whether it's a, a, a Pesach or a Shlom. And it doesn't apply to all four of all this, rather just the zrika, right? The important thing by the korban is that the throwing of the blood on the mizbeach needs to be with the intention of the correct recipient, uh, you know, the person bringing the offering. And therefore, if you do the zrika, if you do the zrika sadam of Ruvain's korban with the intention of shimon, that's a problem. But the shrita, it's not going to invalidate it. Uh, as Rashi points out. Just almost like directly to the right, that the kapara, the atonement of the korban, specifically comes when the blood is thrown on the mizbeach, and that needs to be done with the same intent, with the intention of the correct person. But any of the other four steps, not necessarily. And it doesn't apply after death, right? So. For example, if uh, you had Ruvain and he had said it, right, you had this guy, he'd set aside a Corbin, then he died, and then his children offer it, but they don't offer it with the intention of Ruvain, they offer it with the intention of Shimon. So that's not necessarily going to mess things up because Ruvain isn't, isn't alive anyways for it to be for him. And it doesn't apply by Corbonos, by communal offerings. Obviously, because communal offerings don't apply to any particular person, so you can't really have um, a switcheroo of the person offering it, Ruven versus Shimon, because it doesn't apply to specific people. Okay, fine. Now, so we just said that in four ways. A um, switching chatas versus Pesach versus Shlamim is different than switching Ruvain versus Shimon. That chatas versus Shlamim is more significant, is more severe than switching Ruvain versus Shimon. So now, now the Gemara says now even though two of those four comparisons are actually not super strong comparisons but two of them are super strong comparisons what 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 are the ones that aren't 
super strong. Well, the Mashna Shinui Bailim Dilo. I'm sorry, Mashna Shinui Bailim. So I have a Psula Begufo. The Psula Machshav Ba'amai. Well, we said, what makes switching Ruven versus Shimon not as strong as Pesach versus Shlomim? Well, Pesach versus Shlomim is like the Mahus of the Korban. It's like the Korban itself. Right, it's not a Pesach, it's a Shlomim. Whereas Ruvin versus Shimon is just the person bringing, it's more meta, it's more surrounding. Um, but it's not the Korban itself. But, what we say? What we say? That the Psul is just a thought. I thought it was supposed to be for Ruvin, I, but my intention was for Shimon. But at the end of the day, when you have this Korban Pesach that your Kavana is for it to be a Shlamim, it's also all in your head at the end of the day. So therefore, it's not really a big difference between um, Pesach Shlamim versus Ruvain Shimon. Visu, and the other of the four that isn't so strong, when we say that Ruvain versus Shimon doesn't apply if Ruvain passes away, because he's not alive anyways. But according to Pinchas, the son of Rav Ami, who says that there is this concept of requiring that it be for the correct uh, offerer, even if he's dead, well then, according to him, it does apply after death, in which case, that wouldn't be a good distinction either. However, but the remaining two, the fact that Ruvain Shimon doesn't apply to communal offerings, and the fact that um, Ruvain Shimon only applies to Zrika Saddam and none of the other three of the four steps, um, those are significant ways in which a, a uh, Sul Akodesh, i.e., Pesach Shlomim, is more uh, significant and more severe than um, Ruvain Shimon. Shinur Bailim. So therefore, Rava concludes and he says that while Pesach Shashachato Bishayimos Hashanah Bishinu Bailim. No, I'm sorry. So Rava says Pesach Shashachato Bishayimos Hashanah Bishinu Bailim. Naisek Mishayinli Bailim Bismano Ufasul. So for these reasons, Rava wants to say that yes, while Shinui Kodesh, while when you shecht a Korban Pesach, Lashem Shlomim, during the rest of the year, that would be acceptable. However, the same does not apply to shechting a Korban Pesach of Ruvain with the intention of Shimon during the rest of the year. Um, it doesn't apply. And he says, Pesach shashachato b'shayim that if you um, slaughter a Korban Pesach during the rest of the year with the intention of Kilu, was supposed to be for Ruvain, you did it for Shimon, we treat it no different than when Yeshech Ruvain's Korban Pesach with the intention of Shimon on the 14th day of Nisan, where it would be possible, well, the rest of the day, the rest of the year as well, if Yeshech a Korban Pesach of Ruvain with the intention of Shimon, it'll also be possible. Alright, very nice. Alright, and now we get to new Mishnah. Shachato So, Let's read that again. So if you slaughter the Korban Pesach with the intention of people who are unable to eat it, right? So you need to get together like a shtickle team 
when it comes to Korban Pesach. You get together a group and you're all going to get together, you're all going to come together for the Korban Pesach. Now, if you put together a group of people who are unable to eat the Korban Pesach, whether because, um, right, they're a Zakin, they're, they're, they're too old, they're unable to eat a Kazais of Korban Pesach, and, or they're sick, and they're unable to eat a Kazais of Korban Pesach. So if you put together a team of people who are unable to eat the Korban Pesach, Mishalilim Nuyav, or you shech the Korban Pesach for the wrong team. So you have your team, of people who you can eat the Korban Pesach with, but you shechted with the intention of some other team. Or a group of uncircumcised men, or people who are Tame. These are all people who are unable to eat the Korban Pesach, or at least this particular Korban Pesach when it comes to the other team. So possible. So, okay, Korban Pesach is not going to be so gishmak. It's, it's going to be possible, invalid. But what if you shech the Korban Pesach um, with like a double intention for a group comprised of people who are able to eat the Korban Pesach as well as people who are unable to eat the Korban Pesach. You have the intention of the, of the team associated with this particular sheep as well as another team. For a group of people that include circumcised people as well as not. A group of tahor, of pure and impure fellows. Kosher. So in that case, it's kosher. If you shech the Korban Pesach before noon, posel. Because the Pasuk says you have to shech the Korban Pesach in the afternoon, not the morning. Shech the Tamid, kosher. Now we had said that the Korban Pesach is offered after the afternoon offering, after the Tamid Shobin Arbaim. What if you slaughtered the Korban Pesach before the afternoon offering was offered? Kosher. It's okay. As long as, you know, so somebody accepted, received the blood of the uh, animal in a vessel. So whoever received the blood should keep that blood moving. Should like be, you know, keep the vessel shaken around so that the blood doesn't congeal. And that way, after the Tamat Shobin Arbaim is offered, you could then take this blood and throw it on the Mizbeach and it won't congeal. Now, if you ended up doing the Zwika Saddam of the Korban Pesach before, the Talmud Shabbin Rabbayim, it's fine. Tanu Rabbanan, the Gemara says that the Rabbis taught, Ketzad Shalola Ochlov. What exactly is the situation of Shalola Ochlov? What does it mean that you slaughtered a Korban Pesach for people who are unable to eat it? Lushumcholo, Lushumzakin. It means that you slaughtered the Korban Pesach with the intention of uh, elderly people or uh, sick people who are unable to eat a Kazais of Korban Pesach. Ketzad Shalolim Nuyav. Now, what does it mean that you slaughtered the Korban Pesach for um, people not associated with it? If you have Team A that was associated with this animal, but you slaughtered it with the intention of Team B. Now, how do we know this? Well, as the, pasuk, as the rabbis taught, it says in the Pesach, right, 
What does it say? Mimichsas nefashos ish lefi ochlo tachosu alaseh. That the word mikhsas implies a, a, a team. People, people um, signed up for this animal. Which means that the Korban Pesach has to specifically be slaughtered for its team. Is it possible that, okay, fine. So I need to slaughter the Korban Pesach with a specific group of people who are associated with this animal. Let's say I didn't. Team A is associated with this particular animal. I slaughtered it with the intention of Team B. Maybe, okay, so I did something wrong. I shouldn't have done it. But it should, maybe it's still kosher. Right? It's not like I violated a prohibition. It says, It's a mitzvah to say, Okay, so I didn't do it. I messed it up. But maybe the Korban Pesach is still acceptable. It says, in that same pasuk, it says, this lashon of Mixas in two different ways. Mixas tachosu means to say, take it really seriously. Hakosuf shana all of the akeb. The pasuk repeated this lashon of mixas tachosu to say, hey, take it seriously. And if you slaughter the korban pesach that was supposed to be for team A, you slaughtered it for team B, it's going to be possible. Rebbe Omer says, Rebbe lashon sourcehu. It's actually derived from Aramaic. It's like a person who says to his friend, slaughter for me this um, sheep. And therefore, when it says, it means, slaughter the Korban Pesach specifically for this team. So the Torah is specifically telling us that a Korban Pesach needs to be slaughtered for its correct team. But um, if you slaughter it for a different team, so then it will be possible. Okay, great. So we've just learned that you need to slaughter the Korban Pesach for its correct team. If you slaughter it for a different team, it is going to be possible. How do I know that you also have to slaughter the Korban Pesach for its correct eaters, right? For people who can eat it. And then if you slaughter it for people who are unable to eat it, like somebody who's sick, it will be possible. So Amar Kra, the Pasuk says, Ish lefi ochlo tachosu iskash ochlin lemnuyin. The Pasuk says that each person, based on what he can eat, you slaughter it. That we're comparing Ochlin to Menuyin. Um, and there, and therefore, meaning each person, based on what you can eat, you slaughter it together with the group, right? Because we learn out from Tahosu, which means slaughtering, but it also means Mixas, which is a group. So we compare eating to the group, and therefore, just like the group is Ma'akev, so the eating is also Ma'akev, you have to slaughter the Korban Pesach with the intention of the fellows who are able to eat it. Frek the Gemara, top of Samachalaf Medbez. Shachatolamulin amnas sheiskaperbo arelim bezrika. Interesting. This guy was very clever. And he slaughtered his Korban Pesach with the intention of circumcised people, which is good. But he had in mind that the Zrika Saddam should atone, and the word atone is not literal over here, because this isn't a Korban Chatas or anything, but he has an in- intention that the Zrika Saddam, that when the blood will be thrown on the Mizbeach, it should be also for non-circumcised people. So the question is, does that intention that the Zrika Saddam 
is going to be for Arelim, does that mess up the Korban Pesach? That's the Shaila. Great, nice clean machlokas. Rav Chizda says, Apostle, that the fact that he intended that the Zwika Saddam is going to be for Arelim, people who are uncircumcised, so that messes things up, Rabbi says it doesn't. Rav Chizda Amr Apostle, Yesh Machsheves Arelim Bezrika, Rabbi Amr Kashre in Machsheves Arelim Bezrika. Rav Chizda says that because the intention of uncircumcised people is able to mess up Zrika, is able to cause issues by Zrika, whereas Rabbi says, the uh, the intention of uncircumcised people does not mess up the Zrika. Okay. Now basically this is going to take us to the end of the daf. Rabbi is going to explain why he says does not pass the Zrika, and Rav Chizda is going to re- respond explaining why he feels that Machsheves Arelim does passel Zrika. No. Zakt and Frekt. No. Zakt Gemara. Okay. My Yiddish isn't very good. Amar Rabba. So Rabba says, how do I know that if you have intention by the Zrika Saddam for uncircumcised fellows that um, it's not going to mess up the Zrika Saddam. The Tanya is we learn in the Brisa. Yachol Yifsol b'nei Chabura haban imo. So is it possible that an oral somebody who's uncircumcised is it possible that an oral? So if you have a group, the group is um, made up of uh, mulim people who are circumcised as well as arelim people who are uncircumcised. So Yachol Yifsol b'nei Chabura haban imo is it possible that an oral is able to mess up his entire group? Vidinu, and I can make the argument. Well, I can make the argument that, well, since we know that Orla being uncircumcised is going to be an issue when it comes to Korban Pesach, we also know that being impure, being Tame, is an issue when it comes to Korban Pesach. If you're impure, you can't bring it. You have to wait till the Pesach Sheni a month later. So also, well, let's say that just like when it comes to Tuma, if part of the group is Tame, it won't mess up the entire group. So I'll say also that when it comes to Arelim, so if there are some Arelim in the group, it won't mess up the entire group. But, Umar says, I can also make the following argument. In the opposite direction, which is Hov Orla Poseles Vizman Posa, since being uncircumcised is an issue by Korban Pesach, but also Pigol is an issue by every Korban. Pigol, of course, when you do one of the Avodas, right? Shrita, Kabbalah, Halacha, Zrika, you do one of the four Avodas with the intention that you're going to eat the Korban outside of its allotted time. So, Hov Orla Posela, so Orla creates an issue by Korban Pesach, Bizman Posel, and Pigol is an issue, right? Time is an issue when it comes to Korban Pesach, like all Korbanos. Mazman Oseba Miktsa Zman Kichol Zman, 
So just like by pigol, even if you only have an intention to eat one kezayis, only part of the animal outside of its proper time, it creates a problem. Af orla, also mixas orla kol orla. So therefore, maybe we should apply that concept to orla and say that even if only some of the group is uncircumcised, the entire group is uh, problematic and the Korban Pesach is possible. Okay, so we don't know. Do we compare Orla to Tameim, to Tuma, to say that if part of the group is uncircumcised, it would be okay? Or do we compare it to Pigl to say that if um, part of the group is uncircumcised, it would not be okay? So the Gemara says, well, near the Midomit. Well, let's try to figure out which would be the better comparison. Well, let us uh, compare something that doesn't apply to all korbanos to something that doesn't apply to all korbanos. Meaning, orla being uncircumcised is specifically an issue when it comes to korban pesach, any other korban. So while Rashi points out that you're not allowed to eat it. Somebody who's uncircumcised would be unable to eat any korban, but they can offer a korban. I don't know, for whatever reason, they have to bring a korban chatas. They can offer a korban chatas, have, you know, send a messenger and appoint somebody to bring a korban chatas for him. But he wouldn't be able to eat it. And the same applies to a tumah. If you have somebody who's impure, he could send somebody to offer his korban for him. But when it comes to korban pesach specifically, an aral and a tame are unable to offer the korban pesach in any way. Now, also, I need to point out, the Rashi clarifies that when we talk about an Aurel over here, when we talk about somebody who's uncircumcised, it's because he had brothers who died from circumcision. And therefore, for that reason, he was not circumcised. But nonetheless, he's unable to partake from the Korban Pesach. And we're trying to figure out if he's part of a group, will he possibly the group? So we're saying, well, let's compare an Aurel to a Tame, because Aurel and Tame are both conditions that are unique to Korban Pesach. Any other Korban in Aurel and Atame would be able to offer. And don't learn out Aurel from Pigol, because Pigol applies to every Korban, not just a Korban Pesach. Any Korban, if you intend to eat it outside of its allotted time, it's going to be a problem. Or, I can make the opposite argument, however, and say that Better to learn Aurel from Pigol. Let's learn out Aurel from Pigol because both Aurel and Pigol are things that will never be allowed, right? An Aurel will never be able to join a Korban Pesach and Pigol is never okay. There's never a context in which Pigol is okay. But don't learn out Aurel from Tuma because Tuma, after all, there are times when the Tuma issue can be waived. For example, there's a concept, concept of Tuma. Oh, maybe this doesn't necessarily apply to Tuma Hutra Bitsibur. Yeah, why wouldn't it be Tuma Hutra Bitsibur? But anyways, if the majority of the Yidin are Tame, so then they're able to bring the Korban Pesach even Bituma. So there are cases where theoretically you can offer a Korban Pesach if you're Tame, but you can never offer Korban Pesach if you're uncircumcised or you you know if it's pigle it's always going to be a problem there's no exception to that rule so we're basically at a um 
standstill. We can't figure out if we should compare Arl to Tuma or Arl to Pigel. So Tamalomerzos, and that is the end of the Brisa in a cryptic way that allows space for the Machlokas between Rabbah and Ravchista to emerge. So the Brisa concludes Tamalomerzos. Therefore it says Zos to teach us something. What does it teach us? So my Zos. So now Rabbah takes over from here and he says, my Zos. What does it mean, Zos? If you want to say that what it means is that it's teaching that if the entire group is uncircumcised, it's possible, but only part of the, but if only part of the group is uncircumcised, it would be kosher. Well, no, we actually already know that from a different pasuk. It says, and it says, if we want to learn that v'chol aril, that the entire group would have to be uncircumcised, but if only part of the group is uncircumcised, it would actually be okay. Okay, so it seems like we kind of have our answer to that question from v'chol aril, which is, if the entire group is uncircumcised, it's going to be a problem. But if part of the group is uncircumcised, it's okay. Okay. But now we take it a step further. So then, katani. So therefore, we don't need zos to teach us, right? And Zos, by the way, is in the context specifically of uncircumcised people partaking in the Korban Pesach. It says Zos. So what's it teaching us? So if it's to say that, um, you know, when it comes to like slaughtering the Korban Pesach, if part of the group is uncircumcised, will it create an issue? The answer is no. Because it says V'chol Arl, the entire group needs to be uncircumcised for it to be a problem. So Tam Loma V'chol Arl, so where am I? So v'chol aril sanafka ella lav achi katani. This this must be what it's teaching. Tamalom v'chol aril kula orla pasla mitzasalo pasla. So that if the entire group is uncircumcised, it's a problem. But if part of the group is uncircumcised, it's okay. Michitema. And if you're going to want to say who adin the zrika, and if you're going to want to say it, this applies to zrika as well. That what the kula orla mia pasla. That if you intend, for, if you do Zrika Saddam, you throw the blood on the Mizbeach with the intention that, um, you know, or for, for, right, if you throw the blood on the Mizbeach for a group that consists entirely of uncircumcised people, so then it would be possible, right? Meaning, we said that if you slaughter the Korban Pesach, for a group that is entirely uncircumcised, it's going to be a problem. But if only some of the people in the group are uncircumcised, it would be acceptable. So then if we want to apply the same thing to Zrika Saddam and say that, okay, so if you have intention for a group that is partially uncircumcised, by Zrika Saddam would be okay. But if the group was entirely uncircumcised, it would be a problem, just like Shechita. Therefore, the Pasuk says, Zos. To exclude something. What's it excluding? So it's come to teach that no. This idea that if the entire group is uncircumcised, the Korban Pesach is possible. That's specifically by Shechita. But by Zrika, even if the entire group is uncircumcised, it would be acceptable. And there you have it. Rabbah has just through this lengthy process, made his point 
that by Zrika Saddam, Arelus will not be an issue. That even if the entire group is uncircumcised, um, by Zrika Saddam, that would be acceptable. Mechitema, my kula de Zrika. And if you're going to say, well, why should we be lenient by Zrika Saddam? The answer is because, well, as we said at the begin, at the bottom of Samach Aleph Mud Aleph, that we compare Achila to the um, team when it comes to Shechita, right? That you have to specifically slaughter the Korban Pesach with the intention also of people who are able to eat it. That doesn't apply by Zrika Saddam. So Zrika Saddam is more lenient. It has less requirements. Therefore, we can be lenient by Zrika Saddam also and say that if your intention was for a, a group of people who are, uncir- are, are, are uncircumcised, um, it's not going to mess anything up. And to go back to the top of the daf, so when it comes to Shachat Olamulin, Amnashi Skapilo Boarelim, so if you Shachat Korban Pesach for circumcised fellows with the intention, however, that uncircumcised fellows should be uh, included in the Zrika Saddam, says Rabbi, that's not going to be a problem because um, Arelos is not an issue when it comes to Zrika Saddam. Now, Rav Chizda, Adrab, Rav Chizda, learns it out to the opposite extreme, that while by Shechita, we said that, sure, if you slaughter the Korban Pesach with the intention of a group compro- comprised entirely of uncircumcised fellows, that's going to be a problem. But if it was only partially comprised of uncircumcised fellows, it would be okay. Rav Chizda takes it to the opposite extreme and says, well, when it comes to Zrika Saddam, actually, even if part of the group was uncircumcised, it's going to be an issue. Here we go. Rav Chizda, Adrava, Rav Chizda says it's the opposite. Take it to the other extreme. Right, the Pasuk says, V'chol Aurel, entirely uncircumcised. Kula, Orla, Pasla, Mekzasa, Pasla. Then when it comes to Shechita, so if the entire group is uncircumcised, it's a problem, but partial uncircumcision would uh, be um, be acceptable when it comes to Shechita. Aval Zrika, when it comes to Zrika, Saddam, Afilu, Mekzasa, Nami, Pasla, even if only part of the group is uncircumcised, it's going to be a problem by Zrika Saddam. V'chitema hu'adin Zrika. And if you're going to want to say that we should apply the same idea to Zrika, da'adika kula orla lo pasla, that just like by Shrita, also by Zrika, that it would only be possible if the entire group was uncircumcised. Tamloma zos, therefore it says zos. In exclusion. Shrita pasla, That specifically by slaughtering the carbon pesach, if the entire group is uncircumcised, it's an issue, but partial, if part of the group is uncircumcised, it would be okay. But when it comes to Zrika, even if only part of the group is uncircumcised, it's going to be a problem. And if you're going to say, well, why are we being more stringent? When it comes to Zrika Saddam. Because Pigol only becomes set in stone when it comes to Zrika Saddam. And what this means is, so I said a little bit earlier that Pigol is that when you do any of the four processes of the Korban, right? Shrita, Kabbalah, Holacha, Zrika. If you do any of them with the intention of eating the Korban 
outside of its allotted time, it's a problem. However, as Rashi points out, if then after, so let's say you shech the korban with the intention of eating it outside of its allotted time, but then when you're doing the Kabbalah, you, you have some other, you, you, you make some other issue, like for example, that you're going to eat it in the wrong place. So in that case, you're no longer going to be Chayv Karis. So therefore, you know, let's say you have this intention that I'm going to eat it outside of its proper time when I shecht it, but throughout the rest of the process of the Korban, through the Kabbalah, the Olacha, the Zrika, there's still opportunity for you to have some other messed up thought, which then you wouldn't be Chayv Karis anymore for Pigel. And therefore, Pigel really only becomes set in stone and you're definite, definitively Chayv Karis once the Zrika Saddam is done. So because the, you know, Pigel is solidified, is established, um, when it comes to Zrika Saddam, that's what makes it more stringent. And therefore, even though when it comes to the Shrita, um, it's only going to be a problem if the entire group is uncircumcised. When it comes to the Zrika, even if only part of the group is uncircumcised, it's going to be an issue. So that's how we see that according to Rabbah, um, uh, Arelus does not create an issue by Zrika, even if the entire group is uncircumcised. Whereas according to Rav Chizda, it's the opposite, that when it comes to Zrika Saddam, even if only part of the group is uncircumcised, it's going to be an issue. That was the Samach Aleph of Mesechta Psachim. Let us do a shtickle review over here. Let me open up my handy notebook. So we began discussing Korban Pesach, ah, not at the right time, not for the right person. Right, so yesterday we had discussed if you slaughter the Korban Pesach not at the right time, but you do it the same shlamim, we say it's okay. The question is, what if you slaughter Ruven's Korban Pesach with the intention of Shimon not at the right time? Do we say that that's okay? Rav Papa wants to say yes, it's fine. Rava um, explains that no, it would not be okay. While by slaughtering a Pesach the same shlamim, that would be okay um, if it's not the 14th of Nisan. Um, Slaughtering a korban pesach of Ruvain for Shimon, not on the fourteenth of Nisan, doesn't do any good. And it will be possible. And then we got to a new Mishnah which discussed intention when um, slaughtering the korban pesach. You have to have intention for uh, people who can eat it, for people who are for the right team, for people who are circumcised, and for people who are pure. We said if there's a combination of you know people who can eat it and not eat it, uh, etc. So then. It would be acceptable. We said you have to shech the Korban Pesach in the morning and before the Tamash Rabbeinu Arvayim. No, after the Tamash Rabbeinu Arvayim. Now, what happens when it comes to Zrika Saddam? What about by Zrika Saddam? What if you have the machshava of you're going to throw the blood on the Mizbeach for uncircumcised people? We saw machlokas between Rabbah and Rav Chizda. Rabbah said that um, that won't create a problem, that Arelus doesn't create a problem by Zrika Saddam. Whereas Rafrizda says Arelus does cause a an issue by Zrika Saddam, even if it's only part of the group who is uncircumcised. Khever, that was Daf Samach Alf. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace out.